like the Vikings. The Vikings would sail across the ocean, burn the boats, and we either succeed or die. Yes. And that's where me and Jim were at. We were going to succeed or die. And fortunately, knocking a little bit of wood here, we, we, you know, we pulled it off. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Total Michigan, where we talk to ordinary Michiganders that are doing some pretty extraordinary things. I'm your host, Cliff Duvinois. We are continuing our series into Halloween, things that go bump into the night, things that scare us. And as I was doing research for the show, I knew that nothing would be complete. This whole series would not be complete until we went to a haunted house. And of course, I had to go to the haunted house in the state of Michigan. And with that being said, I'm at Michigan's largest haunted house located in Pontiac, Michigan. And today I'm sitting with the co-founder and the co-owner of Erebus Haunted House, and that would be Ed Terebus. Ed, how are you? I'm doing very good, Cliff. How about yourself? I am doing awesome. Thank you for asking. Why don't you tell us where you're from? Where did you grow up? From Michigan. Grew up in Michigan. Been doing haunted houses for 44 years now. We did them temporary on the east side, which is like uh, Warren and Sterling Heights. Right. We did that for actually 20 years prior to buying this building in Pontiac. And for us to buy this building, I actually sold my house. My brother remortgaged his. And I lived in the building from 1998. We opened the attraction in 2000. And I finally bought another house in 2013. So let's let's take a step back here real quick, because I do want to explore this because your journey is really fascinating. So as you're growing up, you and your brother Jim, did you spend like a lot of time in haunted houses? You just liked it? I want to know where this fascination with haunted houses came from. Believe it or not, it's all Jim's fault. Oh, we'll blame um, Jim. He's you know, not I, here, so we'll blame actually, Jim. Actually, uh, sure. In high school, I was into sculpting. I've been sculpted some monster heads and that kind of stuff. But Jim... His boss made him join the JCs. As a JC member, you're supposed to recruit other people to come right. and join the group. So his boss made Jim join. And at that point in time, they were doing haunted houses. So Jim felt right at home, got in, he goes, man, this is great. They're going, calm down, Jim. Just do what we tell you to do. He's ready to take off and do everything. That JC chapter ended up going under. Okay. And Jim ended up moving on and he w went from that job to Ford Motor Company and ended up getting laid off from Ford's. And he goes, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna build a haunted house. And he started constructing this thing in the backyard of his house. And he made the wall panels and everything, and somehow, some way, I don't know how, but we got permission to set this thing up in front of Kmart's at 12 Mile and Van Dyke. Oh, sweet Moses. And okay. the, the haunted house was at 1,200 square feet, it was $1.50 to get in. The first day we had the, the exterior walls up with no support walls or interior perimeter walls kind of thing. And 60 mile an hour winds came and wiped out the whole building. Rolled it across the parking lot, smashed everything up. Took us three days to do the repairs, put it back up. We were running the haunted house. And then we realized that every time it rained, we were in a low part of the parking lot and the water just filled up that area with three or four oh. inches of water. All the customers and actors are running around in three, four inches of water. Nobody complained. We had a great time. We ended up losing money, obviously, at $1.50 a head. Yeah. You're not going to make a killing. But we decided we still want to do this. And we both had careers going on. We were doing our own thing. And we did it as a hobby. So we bought mobile home trailers, and we converted those into haunted houses. So we actually had, we put, bought four of them. We went from 1,200 square feet to 
2,800 square feet. Right. And that made four trailers. And then the third year, we added a fifth trailer in the middle of the four. We made our own castle. So we literally go and move into the parking lot, set up a castle uh, in the parking lot over the weekend. And then we ran it for 16 days in the city of Warren. And we, we went to Warren, Sterling Heights, uh, Utica. We ran that thing for 20 years out there. So let's take a step back here. So your first place, and I'm talking about the one that flooded. Yeah. Because I'm just, I'm imagining all these people running around in two or three inches of water. That's just hilarious. You've got this, you built your first place. And like you said, you lost money on it. Correct. Okay. Afterwards, you and Jim were like, we want to do this again. What was it about the haunted house experience that made you want to do this again? It was a blast. It was a lot of fun. And I'll be honest, it was Jim's baby. It was 100% Jim. It was his thing. And for me to become a partner, I worked my tail off for seven years, no pay, nothing. I'm in, Jim. I'm in. I'm in. Come on. Come on. Come on. After seven years, he finally broke down and said, okay, I'm going to make you a partner. Nice. But it was a blast. You're always building. You're building something different every time. You're thinking outside the norm. You're looking at things in a different light than normal people would. An example of that would be one day we had the trailer set up in a parking lot and it rained all day long. Nobody came to the haunted house and we're sitting out there. But if we said we're going to be open till 11, we were open till 11. Yeah. So we sat there in the rain and 11 o'clock came around. It was time to shut it down. And I go, Jim, what are you doing over there? Come on, let's shut this thing down. Look at this, look at this. And there was a big puddle next to the trailers and half the puddle was under the trailer. The other half was on this side, but we had skirts that came all the way down. Right. And it looked like a castle. But looking at that puddle, it gave the reflection of the side of the building. Look at that. It's a bottomless pit. And we laughed and we giggled and we thought about it. And then some time passed. We decided we're going to build a bottomless pit. First thing is it's easy. As part of the haunted house attraction. You're just gonna, inside the haunted house. You're going to build yes. a bottomless pit. Okay. So then we're looking at it and sure, we'll buy some plastic mirror so it doesn't get broke. We'll put it on the floor. And sounds easy, right? It just didn't work. Anytime we had any light anywhere, the mirror reflected. The light says, hey, there's a mirror on the floor. And it gave the illusion away, 100%. And we struggled with that thing, obsessed over it. Eventually, we figured out if we use phosphorescent paint, the phosphorescent paint allows a light, some kind of illumination to show you the path. Right. To reflect onto the mirror and not have a light source. And it just faded into blackness. And it gave us a bottomless pit. We've, been, we've had a bottomless pit in the haunted house since ni- 1992 or 93. Right. It's been there forever. And it's only three quarters of an inch deep. But I've, the stories that come out of there, and it's half the reason you do is for the stories. Man, I will bet you dollars to donuts. That's, that would be for me the appeal, is watching the people come out at the end of the attraction with all the stories. And, oh, my God, I believe that's real, or that looks so real. You know what? Every night, the actors get together and they talk about the stories, the actions, <laughs> the things that happen, the way people react, whether they got somebody to wimp out or even wet themselves. It's, it's and you're being incredible. serious about that, by the way. When you say wet themselves, you're talking like people really do that. We keep track of that. We actually have a wimp board. We keep track of the wimps and we also keep 
track of the wetters, pukers, and fainters, but 99% of them are wetters. And that's confirmed by management. We'll literally have to shine it with a flash. We're talking full-on wet, not a little tinkle. It's full-on wet. I'm amazed at how many people actually tell us they did it. Oh, man. I wouldn't tell anybody. (laughs) Yeah, I would keep that one to myself. Yeah. Yeah, get out here and exit stage left. Okay, so a couple of things I do want to talk about because, first off, the name of this is Erebus. Correct. With an E. But your last name spelled exactly the same, but with a T. In front of Erebus, yeah. So Terebus. Terebus. So how did you settle on Erebus as a name? We actually, for 20 years, the trailer unit was called the Haunted Gallery. It's like the gallery that came to life. And then when we bought this building, we wanted something unique and something different. We wanted a Madonna kind of thing, just a a share, one word. And then how how can we come up with something like that? And we were in turmoil. So my dad goes, what are you, nuts? You branded something for 20 years? You're going to change the name now? And we're thinking about it, dad. And I was reading a vampire novel. And in the vampire novel, all of a sudden they start talking about this dark area called Erebus. And I'm going, Erebus, what? Spelled the same. Spelled E-R-E-B-U-S, just like your last name, but without the T. Now, oh my God, I dropped the book, got a dictionary, looked up the dictionary, Webster's definition, Erebus is the darkness beneath the earth that the dead must pass to reach Hades. Greek oh mythology, it's the son of chaos and brother of night. I go, oh, oh my, my God. God. I got my brother on the phone. I got my dad on the phone. <laughs> oh my God. I got it, Jim. I got it. In fact, originally we were Erebus, the haunted edifice. Okay. Edifice just being large building, but that was too much for people. So we just, now it's just Erebus, haunted attraction or haunted house. Man, I'm loving this story more and more. All right. So you were sharing with us before about how you started in this one building that flooded. Yep. And then you moved on from there and then you had a series of trailers. Yeah, we went from four trailers to five trailers, and then we ended up donating that to a church for a buck, the five-trailer unit. Because they wanted their own haunted house. They were running a haunted house, but they were moving from the out- indoors to outdoors. Ah. And then we ended up, we got a hold of some trailers that were 14. Those were 12 by 50, 55. And we got some 14-foot wides by 70-foot long trailers. We had 10 of them. Right. Uh, these things were huge. They were commercial grade, which was nice. Uh, commercial grade is uh, better construction quality. I mean, they got plywood floors. The original haunted house had press wood floors. And that press wood, if it got a little wet, it would get soft and it would just <laughs> give out. Yep. And we had a lot of those floors replaced. And I got some stories about that too. It's, it's, it's pretty crazy. <laughs> if you want to indulge, I'll, I'll indulge in one of those stories. A couple of my actors, somebody fell through the floor in the haunted house. Ooh. And it's it's about a 36-inch drop. Okay. And it was a press board, gave loose, went fell in the hole, and the one actor said, oh, my God, I'm going to go find Jim Rad. You stay here and watch the hole. That guy took off. The other guy panicked and left. Now there's just a hole in the middle of the hallway. People are walking, falling into the hole, crawling out of the hole and going through. And They think it's part of the show. They thought it was part of the show. I, I, I'm at the exit waiting to talk to people and explain and trying to tell them what happened. And there was not one complaint. Nobody said nothing. That's pretty crazy. That's too funny. For our audience, we're going to take a quick break to thank our sponsors. When we come back, we're going to talk about how Erebus wound up in Pontiac, but also what you can expect when you come to this 
awesome haunted attraction. We'll see you after the break. Are you enjoying these amazing stories? Michigan is full of people that are doing some pretty extraordinary things. If you want these amazing stories sent directly to your inbox, head over to TotalMichigan.com, enter your email address, and get them today. What are you going to get? I'm glad you asked. First, you're going to join our awesome Michigan community. Second, you will get an email that includes the top five interviews from the show sent directly to your inbox. Third, you're going to get exclusive behind-the-scenes information about the show. There's a lot of things that are happening to grow this movement beyond the confines of just a radio show and a podcast. You'll get advanced notice of upcoming guests and early access to their interviews. Now to get all these goodies, just head over to TotalMichigan.com join. Enter your email address and join our awesome community today. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Total Michigan, where we interview ordinary Michigander. Well, I don't know if today's guest would qualify as ordinary or not. Well, we talked to ordinary Michiganders doing some pretty extraordinary things. Uh, I'm your host, Cliff Dubinois. Today, we're sitting with uh, Ed Terebus of the Erebus Haunted Attraction down in uh, Pontiac. And uh, Ed, before the break, we were talking about how your business has basically been growing. And you recently had purchased four, moving on to five trailers, which you donated to a church. How did you wind up with four stories in Pontiac? When we had the bigger trailers, those took, we needed special permits to move them down the street because they were 14 foot wide. We had to store the trailers. We had to bring in temporary electric, temporary water because we had them sprinkled. A lot of cost was incurred and plus you had to go and set it up and tear it down. So you were never, you're always building up, tearing it down, building up, tearing it down. You couldn't just keep adding to it. So we decided, man, we spend so much money, we could probably afford a building. And we started on a quest for looking for a building. And it, we, saw, we saw this building we're in now, and we talked to the owner. And at that point in time, the owner wanted too much money. We went on our quest and kept looking and actually returned four years later. And we actually came to a settlement and came to a, a reasonable price and ended up buying this building. It was met our requirements. We wanted something more than one story, just so we could say we were more than one story, two stories, three stories. Right. This is actually, we call it four stories, three above ground and one underground. Oh. And it's a beautiful building because it was actually made to be, the first floor was retail. The second floor was a bowling alley bar and billiards. The third floor was offices, but some people could park behind their office. The parking lot was the roof. And a cab company ran out of the basement. So you can literally drive your car, drive your high-low. I can drive it, my high-low on the roof. I mean, you can drive The whole building's concrete. It was actually made to go up two more stories. It was supposed to be five stories up. Right. But the depression hit in the 30s, and they stopped the construction of it. And okay. just never continued after that. Right. Okay. So now you've bought the building, and you're renovating it because you're going to turn this into a haunted attraction. Correct. Right. So talk to us a little bit about that goat rodeo. Cause I can imagine if you're telling me that this was under construction prior to depression. So I can imagine there's probably some upgrades you guys had to do. Well, when we got it, it was used as an indoor junkyard for 40 years. Okay. So there was no nothing in here. There was no electrical, no power, no water, no anything. I sold my house to buy the building 
Jim remortgaged his. A bank, there's no bank in the world that's going to go, yeah, let me help you finance a haunted house. If you knew me, I probably owed you some money. We borrowed money from everybody and anybody we could to get this thing up off the ground. It's like the Vikings. The Vikings would sail across the ocean, burn the boats, and we either succeed or die. Yes. And that's where me and Jim were at. We are going to succeed or die. And fortunately, knocking a little bit of wood here, we, we, you know, we pulled it off. But we, we gave it everything we had. I lived in the building, like I said, from 1998 to 2013. And I lived in a bone alley. I lived in a lunchroom. I lived in a 20 by 30 room on the third floor. In the wintertime, I'll be honest, I literally peed in a bucket because the bathroom was three flights down and across the building and there was no heat from point A to point B. So I was like, ooh, you just had to empty your bucket in the morning kind of thing. But it's, <laughs> it, it was an adventure. The whole thing was an adventure. We had a lot of fun. Yeah, certainly. You've built this up. You've already had a bunch of displays or whatever. You can bring it in here, make this place really pop. What I would like to do is I want to talk about the actual experience of Erebus. So if somebody's listening to this interview and they're coming here, they want to come here, talk to us about what can they expect? What, what can they really do to really maximize their experience here? A couple things. One, you know, just we have convenient parking directly across the street from us. Uh, two, they can stay and play in Pontiac a little bit. Eventually, we're opening Oddities and Curiosities Museum. We teamed up with Steve Ship, opening up next door. We actually have escape rooms about five blocks down the street. And with your Erebus ticket stub, the I believe they're offering 50% off the door car coverage to get in there. A lot of the restaurants are offering 10% off food and drinks. Oh my goodness. So you could literally make it an afternoon slash evening here. Yeah. You could come down and stay and play in Pontiac. But nice. once you're here and you come to Erebus, Dr. Colbert was here and he actually built a time machine. And he was very successful at it. The problem was every time he put somebody into the time machine itself, the time period looked at them as a virus and wiped them out. Hence all the haunted stuff. Ah. But he became so obsessed with this. He put more and more of his people in the machine. Eventually, he ran out of people and ran out of money. But then had a brilliant idea, disguised a time machine as a haunted house. Now he has an endless supply of human guinea pigs willing to go in, but he also helped finance the program. So as they enter in here, you're entering a time machine, and that allows us to go, we have five different time periods. So I can take you from ancient Egypt to outer space, and it all makes sense because we're traveling through time. And, it's, and we can do anything. It's, it's, it's cool. Butcher shops and just all that good stuff. And then we got things that will grab you, bite you, land on top of you. I'm going to put you in a room, slam the door, fill it up six feet six and bury you alive. How long can you hold your breath? So we've done a lot of things. And if we can't scare you, you're going to have fun. You're going to laugh. There's no more fun than watching other people get scared. And it's just, it's not just scary. It's fun. It's like a big fun house. Certainly. And I got to imagine this because I love your story, the time traveling, all the periods that people can experience. So there's a, there's a couple of things that come to mind here. First off, this sounds like a business where you are literally limited by your imagination. Correct. So whatever you can imagine, you're building and you can experiment and figure out a way to make that happen. You know it. And it's amazing because you can't, whatever you can think of, can we do it? You know what I mean? Just like one of the guys came up with, you ever see those little infinity mirrors? Yes. That they have, and you look in, the lights go forever. 
We just built an eight foot by eight foot one that's underneath a bridge and swings back and forth as you're trying to walk across the bridge. And that's new for 2023 here. So it's whatever you can imagine. We got some great creativity over here. We can figure out how to do it. And I can imagine too that part of this is that you want to keep the innovation going because then it doesn't start to become monotonous for people like, oh, this is exactly what it was last year. Correct. You know what? We change probably about 20, 25% every year, but we keep a lot of the cool things. People like the bottomless pit. They like, they bring their friends here for that. The bottomless pit, the buried alive, the classics are there, but then we're always changing things up. People love the clowns. We have the clown section. We revamped the whole clown section this year. Even, even we, the mirror maze is a classic. People love the mirror maze. We just beefed it up a little bit. We were talking offline about the swamp and building the swamp that you've seen every haunted house across the country now. And I'm thinking, man, I've seen one that was better than ours. I go, oh, we can't have that, guys. Yes. We need to. So now we took the invention that we took, and every other haunted house across the country has it. Now we got to up, up at one. So we have a- uh, What can we, we do to make We've been working it on that. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. And, and a large part of this too, the scariness factor, and I do want to spend a little bit of time talking about this. You mentioned this before, getting the actors in here, getting the makeup artists and, and stuff. And I've seen your Facebook photos, some of the pictures that have been taken. And man, those people look creepy. And I can imagine with the right light- Scaring the willies out of people. Oh, yeah. In fact, we even had a team come in here and do you know, brain studies and heart monitors. And <laughs> they've even looked at the actors <laughs> and actually checked out their brain waves before and after makeup. Yes. And people go into a character change. And actually, their brain waves change when they get into that costume. So you know what? They do become insane. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Absolutely love that. Now- a part of the attraction here when I was doing some research online is in addition to, you can get the full Erebus experience, right? You can come in here and get the full thing, but you've also started offering the making of the monster. Correct. So talk to us about that. The making of the monster is a non-scary event. We're just doing it like a matinee on Saturdays and Sundays from 2 to 4 p.m. And that's if People go trick-or-treating, and then after trick-or-treating, if you're a Halloween lover, you do haunted houses or Halloween parties. But some people don't want to be scared or like being scared. So we took out all, we removed all the actors. We put in some tour guides. We installed over 40 TV monitors. So now you can kind of look at the monitor. You can see the prop to the right, but then you look at the monitor, and it kind of shows the prop in action scaring people. Talks about how we changed things. Talked about how we got our name. But you can meet the staff that's working here. So it's just, a, it's still a half mile walk inside the house. The, the, the haunted house lights are on, the haunted house sounds are on, but they're turned down a little bit. So they're not too intimidating. And we do leave a couple of the things on, such as like the crushing walls. You walk through and the walls, are... but obviously you just have to dodge the walls when you're walking past them. But Certainly. nothing jumps out and scares you. Nothing, anything like that, we turn that off. And you're thinking that, you know, who would be like the person that would come in and like to see the behind the scenes stuff? People that have very active imaginations because they're thinking it's too much. And we've done it. And I'll, I'll be honest. I think uh, looking at the wimp board behind your shoulder there, and we've had nine people wimp out of making of the monster. Which you just started this year. When we just started this year. Yeah. And actually it's eight adults and one little kid. So the adults were the ones that kind of freaked themselves out. But the rest of everybody I've been talking to, 
I was going, hey, did you like it? Yeah, we liked it. Now that you've seen the show, would you be willing to come back and see it with the actors? And the answer is a solid 80% said yes, and 20% said, nope, I ain't doing it. <laughs> um, but no, it's, it's neat because it gets them prepped. Smaller kids can come check it out that are kind of leery. It's good for mom, dad, grandmas. Anybody who doesn't want to be scared or just not sure yet, come and check it out. Because as you're walking through, I may even have guys in there working on a display, and you can ask them questions. And I'm well, usually cool. in the exit lobby, and you're free to ask me. I'll answer any question you got. I would like to circle back on something you said before we turned on all the cameras and stuff that, because this is a haunted attraction, but this is actually a haunted attraction, i.e. you've had ghost investigators. We've had ghost investigators in here. We've been on uh, My Ghost Story, episode 63. Uh, we've had other people come on in and find things. And yeah, we, we, there was a guy that supposedly died in the basement and it's in the boiler room, and that's a room we haven't touched in 24 years. Actually, 20, you got two on top of that, 26 years. It's, there's probably three inches of garbage on the floor, and there's uh, dirt and dust, but his pillow and blanket are still down there. Right. So you'll see that if you check out the episode 63 of My Ghost Story. I have had the Ghost Hunter guys in here, and they had their iPads with their connects on top of it, and they turn you into a stick figure. And oh, sudden, yes, yes, yes. We're looking at that, and all of a sudden we're seeing a couple of stick figures come from behind the person, and you're looking up, and there's nobody there. One floated <laughs> away. The other one's petting the girl's hair. It's, it's pretty incredible. It's kind of neat and scary all at the same time. Nice. And one of the things that you said that I thought was absolutely fascinating was at one time, and it might still be this way, but at one time, Michigan was like, had the most haunted attractions. Yes. Actually, I'm the guy who called Michigan the haunted house capital of the world. And back then, <laughs> we, we did the Fear Finder. We do the Fear Finder, and yes. the Fear Finder is the magazine. It's the Halloween tour guide. And at one point in time, we had almost 100 haunts within 50 miles of us. Wow. It was huge. There was a lot of JC haunts. And I don't know if God, I don't know if any JC haunts are still doing haunted houses in Michigan now. Sure. I think right now we still have a lot of haunts in Michigan, but Ohio is definitely cruising. There's a lot of haunts in Ohio also. But it seems like the northern, northern east section is like the haunted house hotbed of stuff anywhere in the whole country. We have more haunts up here than any place. But part of the problem, like when we were doing the haunted house, there were so many haunts. We went to the trade show. We saw something really cool. We couldn't buy it because 25 other guys had it. Yeah. So instead of doing that, that forced us to be innovative. It forced us to build our own things and, and be different than most other haunts. Right. And that's our claim to fame is you'll see things here that you won't see in other haunts across the country. Which, again, circles back to when we were talking before about the importance of innovation. Yeah. Like keeping your traction fresh. Keep it fresh. But again, like over here now... But that was always huge when it was 1,200 square feet. But now you got a 100,000 square foot building. It's a half mile walk in the, throughout the facility. You can't change everything. Right. And I don't think I'd want to. There's some stuff that's near and dear that we just keep it on. But sometimes we need to modify it and change it and upgrade it. And uh, there's still cool things. Awesome. And if somebody's listening to this episode and they want to check out Erebus or find you online, whatever, what are the different ways that they can... They can check us out at hauntedpontiac.com. Okay. We have 
links to making of the monster on there. We have links to the Erebus escape over there. Everything can be found on hauntedpontiac.com. Okay. And then it can, but they can buy their tickets to come in to see the show. Yep. They can do see the show. Or if you go ed at hauntedpontiac.com, you can give me directly and ask me a question. I'll be happy to answer. Awesome. Ed, thank you so much for taking time to talk with us today. We really do appreciate it. I appreciate you coming out and uh, putting us on your show. And uh, for our audience, you can always get the links that Ed was talking about by going over to tollmichigan.com and clicking on Ed's interview. We'll be see you again next week when we talk to another Michigander who's doing some pretty extraordinary things. We'll see you then. Happy Halloween.